0: Here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It
1: podcast. I'm Bryce Johnson. Hope you're doing great today. We have a special episode here on the Unpacking It podcast. It is from Man Up. It is from a former Unpacking It guest, Mitch Mason. He joined us uh, maybe a month or two ago here on the show and, and just an unbelievable story. If you missed the first podcast, go make sure you listen to that one because what Mitch Mason is going through is really sad, really challenging and and hard to to hear about. but his perspective, his perseverance, his faith, his attitude is remarkable. and and so you will be encouraged by the interview that we did with him. and then today, here on this podcast, we are sharing the talk that he gave at Man Up. So he was one of our keynote speakers and gave a powerful message that that I wanted to share with you as a podcast listener. And so I, I trust that this will be uh, just encouraging, inspiring to you uh, as we always hope to, is the case here on the show. And and so uh, it's it's just such a, a great uh, talk that that I didn't want you to miss it. So. Uh, if you want to watch it, you can also watch it on the YouTube page. But, uh, but, but for today, you can listen and and enjoy this from Mitch Mason. He is the UNC chaplain uh, for the football team. He works with FCA, and and so you know he's helping the the players, the players' parents, the coaches, and is a you know a listening ear, pointing them to Scripture, praying with them, leading Bible studies, and and just serving in that way. And, and is that that really that missionary on the football team and, and to be in, to, to be an encouragement to them and to point them to Jesus. So he gave a great uh, talk to the men of Man Up. And, and so before we jump in, let me ask you this. Do you need to get your own health insurance? Well, go to healthmarketgenius.com. That's healthmarketgenius.com. Know your options and please support them as they support us. Here we go. Mitch Mason. At Man Up
0: Charlotte. Intriguing guests and inspiring conversations. This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson.
1: Our first speaker of the day is Mitch Mason. He is on FCA staff and he is the chaplain for the UNC football team. And he's got a, an incredible story to share with all of us today. And he's got a lot going on in his life. But, but getting to know him the last couple of months, uh, it, it is inspiring what God is doing in him and through him despite the challenge that, that he faces in his life. And so he's going to share about that. And right now, it is my privilege to welcome out Mitch Mason coming down from Chapel Hill being a part of Man Up Charlotte.
2: Here we go. Thank you, brother. Thank you all. I pray that you can uh, hear me pretty well. Listen, I've got this uh, bottle of water here. I was told by my doctors that I'm going to have to start implementing these into my messages. And so if you see me take a swig, don't worry. It's all planned. But uh, with that being said, guys, I'm, I'm honored to be here. I can't thank Bryce and the team, but Man Up Charlotte for having me and for Forest Hills Church uh, welcoming me in as as well as the other speakers and uh, and you all as well. Uh, You know, first of all, let me say this. I'd be uh, remiss if I don't mention this. Where are all the dads at? Where, Where are my dads at? My dad's in the house. Yes. Amen. Give yourself a round of applause. Happy Father's Day. You know, dads don't get enough. You know, we don't get enough uh, encouragement, and so this, today, this day, you're going to get us all, uh, as much encouragement as you can take, because we're so thankful for all the fathers who are out there doing their things, being good husbands, being good dads, being good parents, honoring the Lord by shepherding their families. So one more time, give it up for all of our dads who are out Like you all, I'm a father as well. I've got uh, two teenagers. I've got one that's headed off to college. And one of my greatest joys in all of my life was being able to speak at her graduation uh, a couple of weeks back. It didn't look like I was going to be able to, but I was able to uh, to speak there. And so uh, so it was so exciting, so thankful for uh, for allowing me to, uh, to do that. But you know something, I was thinking back, and, you know, as she was— You know, leaving high school. I was thinking back to my time when I was in high school. You know, I was playing football. I grew up in South Florida, Riviera Beach, Florida, suburb of West Palm Beach. That is my home. And so when you are from South Florida, you are born and bred to do two things. You're gonna play football and run track, whether you feel like it or not. And so I was growing up down there and I was trying to make a name for myself. I made a name for myself in the streets and backyards and playing ball, but when I got to high school, I was trying to make a name for myself on that gridiron in high school. And so and you know, the, the, the year is 1989, and I had been watching the Colorado Buffaloes play. How many of you remember the old Colorado Buffaloes, Coach Bill McCartney, Promise Keepers? Amen. Well, old Bill McCartney was the coach of the Colorado Buffaloes, and, you know, they, uh, they had a squad. As much as I can say, they had a squad. And, you know, they were led by a guy that resembled myself, quarterback by the name of Darian Hagan. He was awesome, man. He was, a, he was a heck of an athlete. He played quarterback in that high-powered wishbone offense. Oh, they don't run it like they used to. And that joke will be back there, man. He run that thing. Oh, he pitched that thing to B enemy or J.J. Flanagan. Oh, he was elusive, man. I wanted to be like Darian Hagan. But the only thing was, God didn't bless me to be like Darian Hagin. But it was my decision, and I said, I'm going to do it anyway. See, I played defensive back. I was five foot nothing, 100 nothing. But one thing I could do was run. And so everybody, when it comes time for our training camp or fall camp to, to kick off, I'll never forget this as we begin to break off into... Offense, defense, everybody knew I was a cornerback, man. And so instead of me going that defense side, I went to the offensive side because I wanted to be like Darian Hagen. I wanted to run that high-powered wishbone offense. Coach had just brought some of that in to our offense so I knew I could do it. And everybody said when they saw me in that quarterback line, it's what you're doing. Jump your butt back over here in this defensive back line. And I said, no, man, I got plans. So all my teammates were like, hey, come on, man. And I'm like, no, I got plans. I got visions of and Hagen in my head. All the girls patting me on the back, telling me how much they love me. All the fanfare. I knew I could do it. Coaches, get back over there with that defense. I like, no, coach, I can do this. I know I can do it. So after a while, they let me. And so here comes the final day. This was back in the day when they used to Hang the depth chart outside the locker room. Oh, I know I'm dating myself. No, Nobody else in here remember that. I'm from Florida. Maybe they don't do that here in North Carolina. But they would hang that depth chart out come game week. So I'm out there and I get out of seventh period. We are all beeline to the locker room. I know I'm the starting quarterback. I look up. My best friend, Mike Russell, is the starting quarterback. Well, I must be his backup. <laughs> I ain't his backup? It's all good. Go over here to this defensive chart. I'm the best corner on this team, so I, I ain't the left starting corner? Well, surely I'm the right starting corner. I'm not the right starting corner? I'll be doggone Mike. Is not the starting quarterback. He's also the starting corner. Oh, Lord. <laughs> it's game week. Now, I didn't everybody at the house that I'm balling. So everybody going to come to the game to see me. So now it's game day. And I've been begging all week. Mike, let me, please, 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 let me get one of them starting corner spots, man. No, coach going to kill us. We can't do it. You see, I played for the black Tasmanian devil. You see, he was a Christian by day, but he was the Tasmanian devil every practice to come game day. And see, we didn't want to do anything to offset coach. So Mike said, we can't do it, Mitch. It is what it is. And I'm begging, I'm pleading now. It's about 6.30. I'm Mike, please, please, please let me do it. I ain't going to do it no more. I know I should have stayed. No, man, can't do it. So, true story, we cooked up a scheme. (laughs) We cooked up a scheme. He was number five, I was number six. So, when we, defense, get ready to go out there, and we got that breakdown, uh, he was going to break us down, but I was going to run out there. And we said, Coach won't be able to tell the difference between the jersey numbers. So, sure enough, it's time for defense to go out there. Defense on me. One, two, three, defense. And I take a B-line as far away from our sideline as I could. So I'm on the opposite side. So I get over there, and I hear, Mason! And I don't look over, man. I'm just, I don't want to, don't look over there because Coach is going to kill you. Don't look over there. Don't look over there. First down. It's a run play. Please don't let him pull me. Please don't let him pull me. Oh, he ain't pulled me yet, yet. Second down It's a run play. And he's, hey, he going off. And they said, I'm going to choke you. You will not taking it out. And I'll act like I don't even hear him. So I'm going over the far sideline. And I'm like, oh, Lord, please help me. Lord, please help me. We serve a big God. Third down. Boom. Ah, interception. Interception. I'm jumping up. Y'all know how we do it. We're excited. Everybody's excited. Slapping helmets. Ah! And I get over there between the fanfare, and they go Coach Sutton. I'd have you. Good play. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. True story. So I say, <laughs> I learned the powerful lesson that day. <laughs> Not only did I play for a coach that wanted to choke me, But the lesson I learned that day, God will not bless who we pretend to be. God will not bless who we pretend to be. And everywhere that I go and speak, I see one thing in common. I see a lot of men with masks on. I see men who are trying to fake it until they make it. Trying to play the part. Oh, blessed and highly favored. I don't even want to ask how most men doing these days because I get the same thing: blessed and highly favored. That ain't what I asked. I asked how you doing. As if we have to be perfect. God never called any of us to be perfect. He just called us to be perfectly honest. You see, the, this is one thing that I've learned. The more authentic we are with God, the more real he becomes with us. In the Old Testament in Isaiah chapter 5, Isaiah is God's chosen man. He's the prophet of both kingdoms. He's prophesying to both the kingdom of Judah and the kingdom of Israel. And Isaiah is speaking and he's proclaiming and Chapter 5, a bunch of woes. He's proclaiming judgment that will come. And he's in the old city of Jerusalem. He's making these proclamations and he says, Woe are the men who are evildoers. Because Isaiah is seeing a lot of sin. He's seeing a lot of things like extortion, injustice, inequality, all sin. And Isaiah is begin to minister to the men of the city. Woe to you who rise up early to have intoxicating drink and go to bed doing the same. Woe to you who take bribes. As Isaiah is ministering to them, chapter 6, he has an encounter with God. See, he had been proclaiming judgment on the men of the city. But in chapter 6, he has his own encounter with God. And when he encounters God, he doesn't say, woe are the evildoers, or woe is this man, or woe is this man. No, he says, woe is me. Woe is me. You see, Isaiah had come to the understanding that even though he was amongst a city of sinful men, he was still a sinner himself. Isaiah understood that we are all under the watchful eye of a holy God. And we all must give an account to him for the lives that we live on this earth. Romans chapter 3, you all know what Paul says, all have fallen short of the glory of God. In other words, whether you've been saved for five minutes or for 50 years, you shouldn't look down your nose at someone who may be in sin. You shouldn't look at another man and be judgment or be judgeful of him. You should look at him and pray for him. We will all have to give an account of our life when we face God. But thank God for Jesus Christ who is not only our Savior, but he's our substitute. Because of what Jesus did, we can all stand before a holy and awesome God with confidence, knowing that the sacrificial, the sacrificial blood on that cross cleanses us from all sin. A couple of years ago, I'm in Raleigh having to speak right after our season. And I know we got some wolf pack folks in there. I get it, man. I see Jericho oh. Cotcher in the house. Yeah, I get it. I get it. We'll let it slide. we pray for y'all. We pray for y'all. Amen. And I'm down there, and just like y'all did when I'm getting ready to speak at a conference like this. I come in and they greet me with the oh, all that nonsense. And they welcomed me with that nonsense. And we lost that year, which wasn't last year. And it wasn't the year before that. Might have been the year before. I don't know. I'm kidding. And they welcomed me with that. And all of a sudden, because we lost, I'm in my feelings. And I'm saying, what kind of welcome is that? Y'all going to do me like that? Okay. First of all, whoever booked this uh, for me to speak after we lost is fired. And the second of all, (laughs) second of all, (laughs) I'm only going to give them about five minutes. I ain't going to talk that long. I tell you, you're going to woo-woo me. I'm going to tell you what. I got some woo-woo for you. i give you five minutes. Well, we're getting ready to get started. It's about 25 men in there, and all of a sudden, they come back, and they say, hey, Mitch, hey, just another few more minutes. Just to grab some coffee and donuts or whatever. So I'm drinking my coffee, and I'm waiting until it's my time to take the stage. And the guy comes, and he says, uh, hey, it's going to be another few minutes. And I'm like, man, what kind of men's breakfast and conference is this? So I look out the stage. I look out there, and I see about 25 men initially. Then I look out again. I see about 150. Then I look out again and I see uh, some officers coming in and they are bringing men that look like they just got out of prison down. And I'm saying to myself, what kind of breakfast is this? Now I'm seeing more officers come in and I'm seeing more people that are coming in and they got the, they got the, they got the guns on their hips. And I'm like, what in the world? And now it goes from 125 to about 325. I'm saying, okay, Lord. So it's time to take the stage. I get up there. And when I get up there, the Holy Spirit said, preach what I told you to preach. And this is exactly what I say. I said, guys, I was going to say one thing, but the Holy Spirit interrupted my message to give you his. And I don't remember what I preached that day. But after it's over with, I am uh, about to exit the stage, and I see some men in the back flagging me down, telling me to, over here, come on over here. So I go over there, and they've got this uh, gentleman surrounded. It's a big circle. It must have been 50, 75 men that are gathered around. So I break through the circle, and there's this old gentleman he's got, I just give you a reference. He looked like ZZ Top. He looked like the third member of ZZ Top. He got the long beard, man, his face. Oh, man. And this is exactly what he says to me. He says, young man, he's wiping his eyes, got a napkin. And everybody's standing there. And he says, young man, he says, you don't know me. And I didn't want to be here today. I didn't want to hear from God. And I certainly didn't want to hear from you. So I said, okay. And he says, uh. I've hated God all of my life. You said something today and it raised my antennas. You see, you, you said I was going to say what I wanted to say, but God interrupted my message to tell you what he wanted to say. I've never heard anybody say that. And my antennas went up. He's wiping his eyes. And he says, young man, I just got out of prison did all, I don't know, 40 years. can't remember, was like 37, somewhere in there. And he said, I went. He said, I hated God because the most precious thing that I had in my life was my daughter. It was my daughter. And she was taken away from me. A man killed her. I just got out of prison for killing the man That killed my daughter. I've never wanted anything to do with religion. But I got to ask you something, young man. I said, yes, sir. I heard your message. Do you think it's too late for God to use me? I said, no, sir. A gentleman, after almost 40 years in prison, gave his life to Jesus Christ that day. Bryce alluded to it. I've been battling something that is a neurological disease. And over the last 18 months, it has become very debilitating. You guys can't see it because y'all didn't see me backstage popping meds. And it has, there's no cure for it. And then I'm getting weaker. I'm slowing down. And that's okay. It's part of it. There's no rhyme or reason of why I should have this. And see, you guys don't realize this, but just two days ago, I had a surgical procedure. And they went down through my, and they came up through my stomach. I can tell you something, man. That thing hurt. <laughs> oh, it hurt, man. It hurt. The guy, the doctor's in that, and he says, uh, So tell me, Mitch, what do you do? And he's inserting he's this thing. I look at him and I said, Well, I'm the UNC. <laughs> and he, he said, uh, <laughs> I can't lie to you. <laughs> and, oh, man. <laughs> And uh, we'll make a long story short, man. I, it's been a tumultuous 18 months. It's part of life. It's part of life. We all gonna have to suffer. It's part of it. But you know something? Uh, a few weeks ago, I dropped my phone and uh, accidentally ran over. And my wife uh, was telling me, I want you take it and go get it, you know, go get it fixed. I don't know if you can see that. Screen there. Why don't you take it? Go get a new one. Go get it. No, I don't want to. Why not? I said, because this is a snapshot of my life. You see, even though this iPhone is shattered, it's broken, I can still use it. Many of us in here are like this iPhone. We're shattered. We're broken, but God can still use us. He can still use us. As Jesus is on the, as the band can come out, Jesus is hanging on the cross. It's in Luke chapter 23. You all know the story. On both sides of him are two thieves. And that old thief on the left looks over there at Jesus and says, You claim to be the Son of God. Why don't you save yourself and us? And the sidekick over on the right looks over at his buddy and says, Fool, shut up. (laughs) To realize who this is, you see, we are guilty of the sin that we have committed. We're guilty, but this man has done no wrong. He looks at Jesus and he says, Lord, if you don't ever do anything for me, I'm asking you to do me one favor. And oh, Jesus, can't you see him about to give up the ghost? Looks over there at him and says, and he says, Lord, would you remember me when you enter your kingdom? No, Jesus looking over there at him says, son, today you will be with me in paradise. Woo! With every head bowed and every eye closed. I've got one question for everyone under the sound of my voice. Which side of the cross are you on? Are you like the thief on the left? <laughs> Lord, if you do something for me, maybe I'll attend church more. Maybe I'll pray a little bit more. Maybe I'll respect my wife and my family more. If you do something for me. Or are you like the thief on the right. This is Lord. If you never do anything for me, if you don't do anything else, remember me when it's time for me to enter your kingdom. Men, under the sound of my voice, the day is coming to a close, hours short. Which side of the cross are you on? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Well, chap, don't you know that this is a church? Everybody in here is a Christian. Not so. You see, being a Christian is not about lip service. It's about laying down your life and serving, not other Christians, but serving Christ. Which side of the cross are you on? You've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. You can go ahead and raise your hand. We have all come this way. Ain't no shame in here. I'm dealing with a neurological disease that's taking my life. I'm standing before you. <laughs> when men's depends on because my bladder is getting weak, my kidneys are getting weak. And you know what? I don't care. I don't count the periods as they say in football. I make the periods count. I don't count my time. I make it count. You've never made Jesus Christ your own personal Lord and Savior. Go ahead and raise your hand. I see your hand. Yes, amen. 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 Those of you who are with your hand, hands raised. We're going to take just a couple of seconds. And we'll pray. And I'll get off the stage. If you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, today is the day. I see your hand. We're at a Man Up conference. When you're at a Man Up conference, it's time to man up, shut up, and do what's right. And that's surrender your life to Jesus Christ. If you've never made that decision, he's in the building. He's in your house. And he's asking you, will you join Team Jesus? If you've never made him your personal Lord and Savior, go ahead and raise your hand. I see your hand. Thank you, I see your hand. Those of you who have raised your hand, I'm going to just pray this prayer. You can pray it with me. Those of you who have not, keep an attitude, a gratitude for your newfound brothers that are coming to the family and are coming into the family. Those of you who raise your hand, just simply pray this after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of my sin. I ask you to come into my heart, to take my life and do something with it. I confess that you are my Lord and my Savior. You said in your word that if I confess with my mouth, I believe with my heart that you are the son of God and that you died for me I would be saved Lord save me today fill me with your precious Holy Spirit that I may be a game changer and a difference maker for the kingdom of God, while I'm on this earth. Thank you, Jesus, for remembering me when it's time for me to enter Your kingdom. Oh, come on, everybody! Come on and give a round of a play of God praise. Give some applause. As Bryce is coming up, I just want to pray over you, and I'll get out of here. Listen, take the mask off. Take the mask off, man. Be real. When you get Jericho out here and you get Mike out here and Bryce up here, hey, man, remember why they're here. To spread the good news of Jesus Christ. Let me pray for you, and I will see you guys soon. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for everyone under the sound of my voice. I can't thank you enough for allowing this Man Up Conference Charlotte to go on. Lord, thank you for Bryce's leadership. Thank you for Forest Hill. Continue to bless their ministries and the work of their hands. May you bless every speaker that comes up here and is in the breakout sessions. Lord, we love you. We thank you. Bless the homes of every man that is here tonight or is here today may you continue to pour out your love and grace on their life. Lord, we love you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you so much. Amen.
1: That's a humble guy. That's an authentic guy. And I'm so thankful that he joined us this year at, at Man Up. That was, uh, that was awesome, and, and I hope that you uh, were impacted in, in a deep way uh, by that.
0: For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit That's unpackinit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T dot We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.